0: It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Unrelenting episode number six. I am Darren O'Neill. He is Gene Neftuliev, and we're here to bring sanity to an insane world. What are we doing? I forget. It's weird, this show.
1: What are we unrelenting about? We are unrelenting about stuff. <laughs> about stuff. Glad we cleared and that up. The stuff does change week to week or month to month or year to year, but uh, nonetheless, unrelenting. It's so True. I've got a number of items. This has been a busy week, man busy how i mean news wise or you've yeah, been watching a yeah, lot of news. tv or well, no i've been watching a little tv not that much though it's been and a busy bigger week. tv busy week news wise busy week in video games busy week in a lot of places oh that's right it was the whole video game explosion
0: you could go buy ships for all the a lot of people anybody i guess i was gonna ask if a lot of people but i would be happy if anybody all our listeners have all of them are on that game all yes. of them like Star what three Citizen.
1: four people Pretty much all our listeners, <laughs> as I just said. Hey, welcome to the brand new listeners. I think we went from three to four.
0: Congratulations. That is yes. actually a
1: big percentage jump. 25% increase
0: in listenership. I'm a happy camper right now. So Star Citizen doing well. Join Gene. You can find the links in the show. Star notes.
1: Citizen is now up to $400 million. Wow. And yeah. it's it's still in beta. Alpha. <laughs>
0: still in alpha. Well, see, mm-hmm.
1: Why can't we pull this off? Well, I mean, they started with a Kickstarter and then have been working on it since I guess whatever works and their their model for raising funds has been quite successful. And the model is advanced access to the in-game ships, which
0: is I mean, it's an infuriating thing for a lot of games that model of, well, here you have access to a game and. Sometimes you feel like you're getting a full gaming experience and that's okay. But a lot of times you feel like you're getting 10% of the game and everything is that, Oh, you actually wanted more lives. Please pay. Oh, you actually wanted to be able to leave this planet in the game. Please pay.
1: Well, yeah. And a lot of games are like that. This one isn't pretty much everything that you spend real money on. You can obtain in the game. The only real difference is that there's a, slight delay between when it's available for real money and when it's available in game that makes sense and people do but, love that the pre- but you can totally not spend any in fact one of them, uh, the guys that started playing about the same time i did that i've been staying in touch with he still just has his one original ship that he got when he first signed up on the game and he's like still he's having fun bought. See, i guess he's, that is ha- a he's good having thing. fun he's still playing a lot more than i am and he has just, uh, you know, got access to all those ships just through pure gameplay. But I think where the money part does make it a little easier is for people that don't have a tremendous amount of time to play video games. Maybe you're a parent with, uh, you know, kids that you need to spend time with, the wife you need to spend time with. Or you just Thanks. have
0: too many dollars in your bank and you're lazy.
1: Well, potentially, but that's a, uh, I mean, I couldn't imagine anybody doing that, but certainly. You're trading time for money. That's really all it is. It's the, how much time do you want to be in the video game at doing whatever you like, or be in the video game doing specific activities that will lead you to a particular ship that you want to get. So if you can short circuit that a little bit and get the ship you want out of the game, then you can spend more time in the game or whatever time is available doing just the things that you're most interested in. I think most people listening to us would like the shortcut route i i sometimes do as well there are certain thing video games where the second run through now this is mostly for single player obviously but like i'll do a second run through where i want to hit everything and be a total completionist but generally the first run through i just want to win just want to have fun come on what's winning just have fun yeah well part of winning or if part of having fun is winning winning quickly i see win fast win loose Win fast, die hard. Mm-hmm. The, that's, a, that, that's a copyrighted statement. You can't be saying that. Probably the
0: Alec Baldwin thing. This story has turned weird. Now, how so? He's now saying he didn't fire the gun. That's kind of weird. Yes, there's, there's witnesses
1: that saw him load the gun, point the gun. Well, no, I don't know if witnesses saw him load the gun. They did. They did. Yes, we have witnesses with absolutely. We have really? witnesses saying that he actually loaded the gun. Yeah interesting mm-hmm. but he's
0: claiming now he never pulled the trigger so i don't know so just mysteriously shot of its yes. own accord. cord yeah yes. bullet came out of a gun without firing the trigger according mm-hmm.
1: to alec baldwin now mm-hmm. which i don't i understand. think he's been sniffing in his his own uh opium for a long time and i've kind of liked the movies that alec baldwin has been in but he's never been a great actor. Uh, no. He's been playing the same kind of character. He's basically, he plays the guy that never went bald in every, <laughs> in everything he's ever played. And damn him for that. It's the one guy. Yeah. It's, a, well, it's a lack of testosterone is what it is. But oh, it's the one guy sense. who doesn't, who doesn't go bald. And it's, there's always a role for that guy. And he's been getting those roles. I thought he did an absolutely great job in Glengarry Gary, Glen Ross but that was also a great script. So it's um, there might've been other actors who would have done equally as good a job, but that to me is still one of my all time favorite performances of Alec Baldwin is the, the, uh, the who fuck, who the fuck are you speech in Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross.
0: Well, you need like a top 10 on locals of your favorite Alec
1: Baldwin performances and why I'd be hard to find 10. (laughs) Be like three. He was uh, maybe in- there might be three, I don't know. But that that one is definitely the, the top one. i I distinctly remember seeing that movie, and then I actually saw the play later. And uh it's it's a very well written piece. And the that particular version that was in the movie uh had some of the best acting ever.
0: Now in the case of this movie, the shooting this was a revolver we're talking about this was mm-hmm. an old West yeah. so this isn't like we're dealing with a modern gun that right. we know there have been cases recent well relatively recently where guns you know, have been dropped by law enforcement and gone off
1: right not that
0: easy it's, to it, do with the revolver
1: the the particular revolver he had I think was the Colt Navy uh, I believe that's what I saw somebody talking about which is a single action revolver, which means it has to be cocked. So it's almost impossible to accidentally fire it. You can, if, if, if it's not cocked, you can pull the trigger all you want. Nothing will happen now. So if it wasn't cocked and he didn't pull the trigger, Mm -hmm. how does a bullet come out of that? It's literally impossible. That's what I would think. But that is his, if, if he pulled the trigger and it wasn't cocked, it's impossible for the bullet to fire going to be an interesting case he had to have cocked it and i believe there are witnesses that say he did because even if the gun was heavily modified now, what he could have what could have happened and this is my one version of how he could technically not be lying speculation which is is if the if somehow the trigger was damaged even though it's hard to believe because they were literally using this same gun for practice a day, day earlier right or yeah maybe a day yeah. earlier but very recently yeah exactly so it was working but if you pack the gun with your thumb on a single action especially those old designs it is possible to hold the trigger in the firing position and then simply let go of the hammer and as the hammer hits uh the bullet at that point it will shoot this is sort of the technique that a lot of the um You'll see a lot of the cowboy movies used to where they use their left hand to very quickly cycle or or right, basically slapping the yeah, basically slapping. Now it's going to be inaccurate as all hell, but technically that would be possible on those old style revolvers. The newer revolvers, you can't do that even if you try because they they have a safety mechanism that once the trigger has been pulled once uh, simply. Pulling the hammer back and letting go isn't going to actually let the um, the hammer hit the round, so it won't go off. But on the old ones, that was a possibility. But nonetheless, he would have still had to have been holding the trigger, even if he didn't pull the trigger, per se. Well, and technically you would have to pull it before, first, you-, but before you cocked it. Right. You'd have to like pull it first and then cock and let it go. Yeah, so I don't know what kind of story this is. Yeah, I I hope I hope there's footage of this, and maybe there isn't. But if there is, that'll answer a lot of questions because there is a lot of conflicting testimony going around. There are a lot of disgruntled employees on that movie set. Right. There are a lot of people talking about how the reason that they're disgruntled is because safety was shit on the movie, and and that people were complaining to him directly be, as a producer that he is for the film that this is this is not a movie they want to be working at. This was a movie shot outside of the Hollywood system, so there's a lot. It's not a union movie,
0: right? Apparently. I mean, I think the whole budget for this thing was like six million. If I read that, I think I read that so, somewhere.
1: Yeah, which you know that's not a small budget. If like if you look at small independent production movies, uh, you know, if you look but, at podcasts, but if you look at podcasts, that's like <laughs> nothing. That's I mean that that's like half hours worth of content right there. Right. Where do you get so, more entertainment? It's going to be interesting I don't know. to watch. I, I do think that it was interesting that Tim Poole said right from the first appearance of this on the day it happened that he had a sneaky suspicion that Alex Baldwin actually wanted to kill this woman and that this everything, (laughs) every, every description of what happened after that from him was in effect utilizing the movie uh, accident as an excuse for doing so. And the, the, that's as far as Tim's went, but then other people well, that's pretty far.
0: I mean, that's kind of, that's about as conspiracy well, it theory. Say, no,
1: it's, it's the most likely scenario because most shootings are the result of, um, of, uh, domestic disputes and love triangles. I mean, and it that's, is- that's where this is going is that he was having an affair with her. She was th- threatened to go public and he is, you know, fairly recently married. Uh, he didn't want to rock that boat. And, uh, you know, he was going to be pointing a gun at this woman uh, as part of the standard routine. And the difference is he just happened to have got her with a real bullet.
0: But it's weird. I mean, because she wasn't an actress. She was working behind the scenes. I mean, I understand. Yeah, she was
1: sitting next to the camera. The concept is intriguing. Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, and, and Alex certainly would know this from being in Hollywood for 40, 40 50 years. Is that you never point a gun, even a prop gun at the camera because camera equipment is expensive. Well, not and as, not as is, expensive as people. Nope, more expensive. That's part of the deal because <laughs> you're, you're renting that gear for potentially 20 grand a day. I mean, cam- high end camera lenses are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So there's a, a. Well, it might be written, but I was going to say unwritten rule, but it's probably a written rule that literally says never point a gun at the camera for that one in a million time that something does happen. You do not want to be destroying that camera equipment. It's better to shoot next to the camera than the camera.
0: It is an interesting concept for a planned murder to make it look like an accident.
1: Yeah, like there could literally be an Agatha Christie novel set in modern times about a uh, an old rich actor and uh a uh Need a to get rid of squirrel somebody, right and and him planning on utilizing his uh use of a gun in the film he's shooting to get rid of the lover because there have the been reality plenty is, of movies like that i mean it's it's not far-fetched really when well, you have the other problems
0: throughout this shooting of this movie which could have all just been also planned you know, to kind of keep this building up, which makes, you know, it's like, oh, well, this makes more sense because there were already problems now. Because if you're on a movie and everything's going absolutely right and nobody's complaining about safety and there are no violations, well, when the gun goes off in your hands, people go, it's, whoa. Yeah,
1: it's an accident, right? It's but, the first thing people think, even if it isn't.
0: But the, the concept that there were already like accidental discharges of weapons on this set, this is kind of like, oh, well, there's a problem with the equipment or there's a problem with the armor or there's a problem with something else. And you're not looking at Alec as closely as you would if this was the only issue that had popped up on this movie set.
1: Right, right. And uh, his little impromptu interview on the side of the road, I don't know if you watched that a few days after the shooting with his wife, where there were reporters riding behind them. And Alec decided it was better just to pull off on the side of the road, talk to the reporters, not have them following them. Uh, so that little impromptu interview was analyzed by a group of, um what are they called? Uh, Psychologists, like body, body, body language, language specialists. Yeah, body language specialists. There's a show on that's I can't remember the name of it, but it has four of those guys on there uh they all have different backgrounds from military to uh business to you know PR whatever and they were analyzing his body language uh his microexpressions what he was saying versus what he was doing with his body at the time and it is extremely evident that Alec is clearly hiding a secret here and that uh his his little Half smiles and places where they don't belong and things like that are betraying the fact that there's a lot more to this story than what he's saying. His what his his explanation of what happened doesn't jive with what his face and body are saying, which certainly doesn't make him guilty of murder. But this is the problem:
0: if he was having an affair with this woman or something like that, where you know, investigation. He's got a, he's going got a
1: reputation for being being a bit of a womanizer on sets.
0: And we are now in that society where everything you do and everything you say, especially if you're in the public eye at all, and sure, Baldwin's B-list, but that's still way beyond normal folk. And Mm -hmm. all of this stuff is then able to be looked at afterwards. It's not like, you know, 50 years ago, if there was an accidental shooting on a movie set, well, you wouldn't have 14 different angles of the guy talking afterwards. and the ability to do this kind of micro look at what's going on. And, you know, I don't know if I give full credence to this concept that you can read all of this stuff, but there are people that seem to do a pretty good job of it. I mean, sometimes I think it's more just guesswork, but it's, it's an interesting world we're living in now because everything Mm -hmm. you do is public. Everything can be seen by people across the globe, which means, You know, even if nobody locally caught up on something he did during this interview, well, somebody in Bangladesh watching Mike could be like, oh, well, did you notice? Look at this on his hand here. This is weird. We didn't notice this before. And you basically have an Internet full of people that want to be uh, crime investigators. For better or for worse, this leads to some interesting conclusions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think there are more I mean this guy's used to being in front of the cameras but there are more more cameras and more ways for people to go beyond opinions today than there has ever been
0: and he now, probably thought that he knew how to play the camera he probably thought he it, was a better exactly. actor than he is
1: well and it, uh, yeah i'm i'm sure he does i think most actors think they're better actors than they actually are i think that that's pretty universal but let's I not hog the entire episode murder. on this thing no what do you got we got a lot of stuff to cover so um so first of all, uh Australian uh, concentration camps. Uh it's happening. It's a thing. Uh there are whether you call them internment camps, concentration camps or covid camps, they really amount to the same thing. They are places where the government rounds up people that they don't like and then sticks them in there without any charges. That happened in Germany and uh, it happened in in Soviet Russia. And it's currently happening in Australia. Uh, they're literally rounding people up. There was also a story that, and specifically the one that I wanted to mention, was that there were three apparently youths, and I'm not sure if that means teenagers or just young, you know, early 20s folks, but it sounds like teenagers, that had, quote, escaped from one of these internment camps. And there was a raid on a full on military, uh, exercise to go find them and round them up and put them back in the concentration camp. Uh, and it is, again, it's like, you think, oh, you're calling it. It is a concentration camp, literally by definition, a concentration camp is where people that share some sort of a similar, uh, characteristic, some similar description are all put in together. That is what a concentration camp is. You don't have to have poison showers that that spew cyanide gas to call it a concentration camp. The term concentration camp existed before it was used by Nazis. It just so happened that what the Nazis were doing, just like what the Australians are doing, and much like what the Russians were doing, is exactly that. They are collecting people that have a similar description and putting them together. Whether they were Jews, whether they were Gypsies, whether they were homosexuals, whether they were uh, political opponents, or whether they uh, had not uh, taken a voluntary shot—right,
0: <laughs> well, it these doesn't even are matter.
1: all reasons to collect them.
0: It doesn't matter what you call it. It is the result is you have an internment it's of prison people, it right. is
1: is a, a yeah, and the same thing incidentally happened in the united states we had concentration camps here for the japanese with you know they were officially called internment camps but what the hell is the difference right it's on the, the exact coast. same thing so most yeah. of america didn't have it but the crazies on the the west so, coast the, the left coast crazies absolutely had them because you know somebody that's been your your neighbor and they uh maybe a grocery store owner uh, that you shop, that all of a sudden now you were suspect because they didn't look like you, and they looked more like the guys that are at war with the country.
0: And I haven't been following this as closely as you, obviously in Australia. So this is now what if you don't have the vaccination that because I you know I heard talk this was all mm-hmm. continuing to move on where they were talking about the fact is well it's going to get to the point where if you don't have the vaccination you can't leave your house. Is this the people yeah. then that left their house?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh people that left their house or people that were traveling. And this is happening in areas even now far removed from the cities. These are like, you know, in Western Australia, which has got a population density of probably less than Kansas. You know, it, it's it's literally happening in the entirety of the country. And there are multiple camps. There are camps uh, all over the place. Uh, but in this particular case, the uh uh these kids, so let me finish the story. This makes this so damn crazy, is not just that they were in the camp, not just that they uh had escaped right. and that the military was looking for them and rounding them up, but that they had tested negatively in the camp. They were not carriers or infected or any of that bullshit with COVID, which is essentially the flu. They they literally didn't have the flu. And so what is the government doing? They are rounding these people who didn't want to get it, an injection of some garbage into them. And then bringing healthy people into, into an internment camp full of and designed for people that uh, are less less susceptible, according to government, at least. Of fighting the infection off because they didn't get the vaccine, it's it is so goddamn backwards. It's it's sort of like you're taking people that are not infected and bringing them into an area full of infected people because they don't listen to what the government tells them in order to avoid getting infected. Welcome to COVID insanity. That that is literally insanity. It's like that kind of logic cannot work. You're you're punishing somebody for not doing something that should help them by ensuring that the thing that they are trying to, that you would like them to avoid as a government, in this case, COVID, by ensuring that you stick him in with a bunch of people that have it. It's it's like punishing someone for not getting, uh for, for not wearing a condom by putting him in to a prison cell with a bunch of rapists. Wow. It it just blows your mind. You went really dark right there, Gene. Well, it is a very dark topic. I mean, I have always jokingly called Australia prison island, which is what it is. Right. So it started. It was a penal colony. And somehow people born on that penal colony have forgotten that they are a penal colony. But the government sure hasn't. They still know that it always has been and always will be a penal colony. So, well, we all know it doesn't matter what kind of crisis it is. There's a vast
0: majority of the people in government around the world, and it doesn't even really matter what kind of country it is, you know, whether what kind of ruling system it is. Yeah. When these emergencies come up, the author- authoritarian gene pops out, people freak out, and I think a lot of it starts with well-meaning intentions, but I think that quickly just goes down into insanity because... You know, if you believe the science, what the science is saying and take it on its face value, if you get vaccinated from this virus, you may still contract it, but there's a majority chance you're not going to die or wind up in a hospital. Now, at that point, as you said, why are you taking the unvaccinated people and throwing them in a different location? They're not. It's
1: almost like somebody just wanted to move the people that were the most. At high risk like seniors and then stick them all into a single housing unit that has people that are already infected
0: right was this like a measles party you know when you're a kid or a chicken pox party where it's like well you know what here's what if you don't want to get vaccinated we're gonna get you sick and then we can hit her herd immunity which is a very nefarious way to oh look yeah at that's this. right
1: new york did that didn't they that's how they killed off all the old people
0: yeah cuomo
1: baby yeah allegedly so australia is not trying to do that with the young people
0: and that may be the case and if that comes out
1: that that were the intentions, then of course these
0: folks are going to have a lot to answer yeah. to.
1: So you think I went dark? Well, how <laughs> is this not playing into the whole uh, Schwab, the 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 big reset? I well, mean, it's all playing into a one world government it's, ordeal. It's, yeah. It's demonstrating what they've wanted for a long time, and uh, what they wanted is to get control back from the serfs. And go back to uh, a time when only the people that had the land, the landowners, the landlords, the lords, and the uh, various, uh, you know, other titles that they put on themselves were the ones making decisions. And the regular people, the, the serfs, the peasants, they just do busy work. They make sure that. They do podcasts. The fields that well, they I don't know about that, but they definitely make sure that the lords have enough food and enough uh stuff to live comfortably. That's what the big reset's always been about. And what we're seeing in Australia is I think and crazy extreme example of people who have lived in prison their whole lives without realizing it, all of a sudden being reminded that yes. You do live in prison, and yes, you are an inmate, regardless of whether you were born an inmate or whether you committed a crime and became an inmate, you are and will always be an inmate. Now, do you believe the people in charge in
0: Australia actually know what they're doing, or are they being manipulated by outside forces who are giving them the same scare tactics of, oh, Covid is going to wipe everybody out if you don't do this. And well, so is there they think really
1: a is there a difference between somebody that is doing this for their own benefit versus somebody who is so stupid that they buy into these lies? The end result and is the same. The end result is exactly the same. I don't hold one of these less guilty than the other. Ignorance is not going to get you off of the uh, firing squad line if and when that comes
0: now this concept of this new variant the omicron variant is hilarious when the doctors that are treating it the first ones that notice this in south africa are like oh well the interesting thing is uh, people are tired for like two days and then they get better mm-hmm. it's like shouldn't this be a rejoicing moment shouldn't this be the wow, wait, this is the variant we've been waiting for. This is the variant everybody can catch, get the sniffles for a couple of days, and then maybe you hit that magical herd immunity and the problem subsides then.
1: I I really, I'm not saying this is actually happening, but it really feels like they're literally reclassifying other diseases that would typically have been called a common cold or flu and I know, yes, they are different, and they're neither one is an actual disease. They're both just categories of of different types of infections uh, that all have similar symptoms. Right. But it feels like w- the word cold or flu is now becoming synonymous with the word COVID. Would you? Oh, I just got a little bit of COVID, and, and then people are going to get it every year, right? Just Which like is probably what's going to happen every year. And that's why I, I was saying from day one: why are we not just simply calling this a variant of the flu? Why are we treating this as some kind of a new disease that it's not? Because it was more severe, it seems, although I don't even know. It wasn't. It was less severe. More people died of the flu. And you can now that we're getting the data coming in from 2020, you can check back on medical records. Because what was that see, really
0: bad flu year? It was like 2013 or something. there was yep, one
1: not it, that long. There have ago. been many years where the flu, which COVID absolutely should have been classified as. Where the flu has had really bad years and has had very light years. And the types of uh, people most susceptible are exactly 100% overlap with the people that are most susceptible to COVID.
0: Well, which is why, as we talked about, the flu disappeared for like a year,
1: which was really weird. Yeah, absolutely. The flu was gone. It was literally gone. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. That's what happens when you rename things
0: you rename it and people just don't understand the reality of the situation Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people involved Mm -hmm. around our community. No agenda that have heard all about how horrible the testing has been since the start of this and how Mm -hmm. likely it was to get false positives on stuff. And now because they want to prove that the vaccine isn't working and I don't really care if it is or not. But all of a sudden they're using, well, look, there's way more cases all of a sudden. See, the vaccines don't work. It's like, well, no, you're a fucking idiot because the tests have never worked. So to point to something that the tests are telling you now is idiotic. It's like you have to look at this as a big picture. And a lot of people just can't do that, Mm -hmm. which is how these people, I'm guessing, maybe in Australia, some of them, they're so scared that we have to do something because we don't understand this. And it seems like it's dangerous, but the reality, especially in this new variant seems to be that, yeah, this new variant has mutated, but it is regressing rather than getting more dangerous. And I mean, I'm not a doctor, but from what I understand, and you can correct me, play one on the podcast, right? But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Do not most viruses as they work through their cycles do they not usually get weaker as they mutate rather than you know this started just as a little cold but all of a sudden 10 years later it was killing everybody it's like usually something hits and it's the worst when it hits you know when it's a new virus to hit mankind but then as it mutates it almost always if not always gets weaker
1: well is that not yeah, right yes and no it, it doesn't get weaker what happens is that there's a sweet spot for mortality rates of uh viruses and other diseases as well but certainly for viruses to where you need the host organism in order to reproduce if you kill the host too quickly the way Ebola does you don't get much time to reproduce and your hosts don't get much time to repopulate And so a, an infection of Ebola that is left to its natural, uh, end simply wipes out 98% or 95, whatever that percentage was, I can't remember, uh, of the hosts that it comes in contact with. Five percent survive, get immunity to it. And that's it. And that whole breakout of that bubble of Ebola infection is gone it it's it It's like a flash fire it, like pops up, burns really fast, and then burns out and then for the people that are left, they will be passing on uh and I, this is debatable, so I'll put quotes around it, but they they are more likely pass on the genes that enable that type of uh of um, immune response. They're not passing on direct immunity, but they are passing on the right genes to allow that type of immune response to their offspring. And so if that exact same virus comes up in the future, instead of it killing 95% of the population, it might kill 65% of the population or something like that. So that's, that's one thing. Now, on the other extreme is we have what the, the group of viruses that are classified as the common cold, who do very little, there, there's almost no mortality involved whatsoever. They don't typically kill people. And if people die, it's from secondary infections or secondary diseases. In fact, most people don't die of viral infections. They die of bacterial infections as a result of viral infection. So because the immune system is compromised, there's a lot more opportunity for the bacteria to get in there. Um, But in that type of uh, uh, a virus, it is really good at living because it it barely disables the host and it can, you know, spread from one person to another 10, 150 people, whatever, it doesn't matter because it doesn't kill them. It, it, it simply uses their cells enough to reproduce to get it itself out to multiple other people um, before the immune system of the host has a chance to fully flush it out. And then it moves on. So, right. So
0: the reality for the survival of these viruses, the less deadly they are, the better. Exactly.
1: And From the- a survival standpoint, the viruses that actually hit the biggest populations are the ones with the lowest mortality rates. So
0: people should be looking at this Omicron variant and the fact that it doesn't appear to be a severe one. And it should be a good thing. It's like it's just horrendous to watch the news and have all of these people speculating long before there is any data. Right. And be like, oh, well, no, this this could evade all of the vaccines and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but you don't know. It could do anything.
1: It could, and I mean, again, if you look at the common cold, there is no vaccine for the common cold because there are so many different variants of the common cold that all get classified under that category, and they keep mutating, but none of them has a high mortality. And so, on the one hand, why invest money trying to research something that doesn't have a high mortality because it doesn't really pose much of a threat? It simply means you sneeze and cough for a few days and you're back good good as before. After that, and the other thing is um, there because there are so many live, active viruses within that cold virus category that are uh, constantly mutating. It's also impossible to create a vaccine. Well, I shouldn't say impossible. It's 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 highly unlikely that we're going to create a vaccine that can target all the the individual strains of the common cold. Right, but we're uh, told that the vaccine for Covid is going after
0: the spike protein, which the spike protein is exactly what the common cold uses. Correct? I mean, that was also something we were told right off the bat, which was this: this is the same protein the cold uses. But now, you've seen a lot of the people on the anti-vax side that are like, "Oh, but it's it's the spike protein that's really the dangerous part." It's like, well, that's bullshit. Because if it's that's the dangerous part, then what's the difference between the spike protein and COVID? And the spike protein in the common cold, because if, I mean, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but from what I gather, the spike protein is a way for it to get into your system. It's not the virus itself; it's the delivery
1: mm-hmm. method. Yeah, I mean, the way you can think about it is that the these spike proteins are they're they're binders to receptors, um, so they're they're essentially keys. They are keys to open a lock. And uh right. So
0: you can have poison going through your system, but if it doesn't have a way to get into your cells, then it's not gonna hurt you.
1: Absolutely. But the reason that they're keys to open locks is because that is also the method that your body and your cells actually use to transport a variety of uh, uh raw components uh you know into your cells so you your cells have to have a membrane to keep uh, the bad stuff out but they have to have a way to bring the good stuff in makes sense and and so there there has to be a mechanism that allows your body to send the little little packets little uh, bits of uh, uh of different chemicals into your cells in order for the little factories inside the, the cells to keep working uh, and the mechanism to do that is essentially by having This sort of protein key there's really cool videos of this stuff by the way on youtube Uh, if i can manage to find them i will stick a link in the uh, show notes but that demonstrate just how this stuff works that were their their models but their models based not off of theory but off of electron microscope images they're, they're basically taking real images that are happening at the molecular level and then uh, modeling them in 3D so it's more obvious so different things are different colors and you know you can kind of see things more easily. but it's it's a really neat system. I mean if you look at the if you look at the uh, the mitochondria, you look at uh, the nucleus of the uh, cells, you look at the little little bits uh, that are micro machines, little tiny engines inside of each cell that make up our bodies. It's fascinating stuff. It's really amazing. Yes, we are beautiful, crazy, complicated creatures, yeah, not even that complicated but but certainly very interesting to look on that level. It's almost as if we're we're these giant robots that are walking around, and then inside of us are little small people size people running around like pushing levers and moving things, and Here's, there's this whole controlling of giant stuff robots. going on,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, literally like millions of people inside this one robot that's doing robot sized stuff and that other giant robots only see the robots they don't see the little people inside so it's neat stuff um i i've always enjoyed uh reading research about it watching videos just learning as much as i could about it all pre covid um because i i've just always loved it it's, it's fascinating stuff um i've never like been particularly good at the uh uh the uh the yes. organic chemistry part of it. Yeah the science. I was trying to remember is. the word organic <laughs> chemistry. I think I got a I got like a, a D plus in organic chemistry. It sucked. But uh but that certainly hasn't stopped me in in, in the uh many years since that and in learning as much as I could about it. And I certainly encourage everybody else to do so as well. But we got tons of stories to talk about dude.
0: What do you got? What else you got? I mean my main thing this week Was watching the Beatles documentary. So that burned like eight hours plus. Oh, wow. Which was fun. I mean, if you like the Beatles, which
1: is this a recent thing or? Well,
0: it was the footage they used from the sessions that they did in 1969, which was the original Let It Be movie. Mm. But they actually had 60 hours of video and like 150 hours of audio available Mm -hmm. from those sessions. And then they have now made that into. And it, calling it a documentary is questionable because it wasn't like they were interviewing people. Now, this was a fly on the wall. Look, they took bits and pieces of all of that footage mm-hmm. and created an eight hour story. It's not like you got a little bit of the video and then somebody today comes. Well, and this did this, this, and this. No, it was like you were watching this going on, which
1: haven't we seen most of that already Anyway.
0: I've had the audio for years on a bootleg, which is like 90 CDs long. Mm -hmm. So that's been floating around. The video hasn't really been out there, especially not in this quality. It was very surreal at first seeing the video because it's like, well, there's John Lennon and Paul McCartney Young. And it's Mm -hmm. you would think that this would have been mainly done on scratch cameras because the amount of footage just that was Mm -hmm. out there. The restoration job they did was absolutely amazing. You
1: know, there's incredible AI based video restoration that's done right now. I've, I know I've posted a few examples on no social of that, where they literally take hundred year old footage from, you know, the 1920s and not only does he colorize it, but they move it to 60 frames per second using interpolation. They increase the resolution using EI resolution enhancement techniques. Uh, it, it, it literally looks like, I don't know if you saw the great Gatsby that came out just a few years ago. Yeah, with Leo? Uh, with Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it literally looks like that, even though it was originally shot 100 years ago on black and white video at 20 frames per second. It's very interesting technology. We may have talked about it.
0: Here or i talked about it on the previous you have so
1: many podcasts you do it's amazing to even try and remember what show you talked about went on
0: i know but the new ai that is built into photoshop one of the features is a colorized feature mm-hmm. now for years when photoshop first came out i remember taking a photo of Minnie minoso from back in like the 1940s or 50s it was a black and white photo Mm-hmm. and i did by hand the colorizing and it it was painstaking there's now just a feature in photoshop that you can give it a black and white photo and it'll just colorize it yes and yeah. the the results are scary good it's not always yeah. perfect but yeah. most of the time scary well, good
1: you know what's going to happen soon because this i've already seen examples of this in some software tests is if that video from the 1920s didn't have a stationary camera. If the camera moved during the creation of the video. we oh, yeah, the blur. They can no, not the blur. No. They can actually use that motion to create a 3D image out of that video. Oh, so you'll literally freaky. be able to look at these photos of your grandparents and almost kind of like in a uh Tom Cruise uh pre-crime, what was that movie? Uh minority report. Minority report. Yeah, almost in that kind of sense where you'll You'll see little short video clips in full color with 3D and high resolution that clearly could not have been created at the time that that technology was available. They were created as black and white, crappy ass frame rate shot on, on cellulose. But with all the new technology, and I hate to keep saying AI because it's way overused, but with the latest software uh, that's available to do the processing they're able to create a lot of that detail. It's, it's kind of neat. So I'll it, just tell you real quick kind of st- how some of this stuff works is uh, if you have an image that's of limited resolution, how can you possibly get more detail out of it than existed? Because you're thinking of the old, you know, zoom and enhance that we've all laughed right. at. Which was TV like, shows. it's always been a joke, but now it's, it's always a joke. Becoming reality. Not, it is becoming reality. And the way they're able to do that, Is by taking existing images of everything and then zooming uh, and then uh, doing a filter on them to essentially lower their resolution and then compare what the low resolution image looks like to what the high res version of that looks like, because you have both. And the next time you see a low resolution image of that, now you know what the high res image is supposed to look like. So you have a picture of an apple in high res, you take that, you, you shrink it down to crappy resolution. And then you create the algorithms within, uh, you know, the AI, uh, platforms they're using for image analysis. And you do that with, let's say a hundred thousand images of apples. And then you give this resolution an image of an apple that it's never seen before in low resolution. But it has enough data to be able to extrapolate from what it sees because it's seen a hundred thousand other apples in both low res and high res views. It's really neat stuff. It is, but there's also exactly why you can never
0: trust anything you see ever again. It's
1: not real. I mean, you have to agree that it's not going to find something that existed. It's going to predict something that probably existed. Right. And that's why you see an image of of Rittenhouse with his gun that went through a similar kind of filter. You have to realize this is not evidence. This is a projection of what something may have been. Right. It's taking the data and it's making some choices. But that's
0: exactly what was in one of these uh, ancestry websites. And this was the freakiest thing. You probably saw these because this was maybe six months, a year ago or so that this thing was big or launched. Where you could take, you know, old photos from, like, whatever time of your family members, and it would, like, animate them, like, a yeah. five-second clip. Right, right. And that was just, oh, I hated it. I do not like, I understand why some people might, but to me, it's very freaky mm-hmm. that you can take an one, like, single frame of, you know, a photo and turn it into a video where it looks like there was stuff going on, like people blinking their eyes or smiling and that, because again, I understand where this is leading, which is you can't believe anything that you see in a photograph or in video. And that's one of the other filters that Photoshop has in their beta part of their software right now. You can go in and adjust. It'll find the face automatically and mm-hmm. it will then adjust the expression so whether yeah. it's a smile or a scowl or what way the eyes are pointing so you can actually yeah. fine-tune all of this stuff again this exactly
1: is- it's it's an interpolation it's not uh creating something out of nothing it's creating an estimation of what it likely is but that estimation is very good quality right there's actually a, a iphone app that lets you take a still image and then it will animate it, singing a song. And I've uploaded some of these in the past, like, I don't know, half a year ago or so ago on no, Gym social as well. Uh, it is, it, it's pretty good on some images, but what, what really was funny was taking famous uh, paintings like the Mona Lisa and then <laughs> animating them and then creating that sort of 3d ish kind of feel to give them new it's, life. It's pretty neat. So, uh, one interesting thing, and I, I hate to keep talking about bad news all the time, so there's some interesting good news stuff. Uh, there's a video that we'll link that has information about uh, some uh, CRISPR, which is genetic modification process uh, treatment. A uh, paper just came out in showing the efficacy of this on restoring people's eyesight who are blind. It's really cool stuff. They're basically injecting, uh, genetic is in, in some ways it is not too dissimilar from what the, uh, uh, from what the supposed vaccines are supposed to be doing. Right. So they're genetically engineered, right. Carrying but information in they're carrying information in to change the production of specific proteins within the eyeball that are blocking people's or the lack thereof is preventing people from being able to see. And it's generally for like degenerative type, uh, diseases. And by doing this from one injection, they were able to fully restore vision for several months and then partially restore for the rest of the year after that from a single injection in the trials. It's very interesting stuff. So we'll put a link in there. And this is the kind of genetic engineering I want to be seeing. Not this bullshit stuff with what, calling something that isn't really a vaccine, a vaccine, and then mandating that everybody get it injected.
0: Yeah, I'm looking for when they have the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the ability to regrow the retina,
1: because that's what I need in the right eye. Uh, yeah, no, I think they probably already do that. It's just uh, it's not available.
0: Yes, I know they're working on it in Europe. I have a really good surgeon, and that was Mm -hmm. even five years ago. They're working on this. They're working on stem cell treatments. They're working on... Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Stem cells and uh, CRISPR are going to be two words that you're going to hear a lot more and more and more of, because they are a way to take a lot of the processes that happen naturally when you are a child and then restart them in in an adult.
0: Well, and that's the thing a lot of people you know, maybe you missed that day of science class (laughs) that your body is regenerating all the time. I mean, there's cells that are constantly regenerating, so it makes sense where if you have an issue like I did, where you had multiple surgeries on the retina, which means now the retina, because they used used lasers on it, you know, it's scarred, there's scar tissue on it, Mm -hmm. whereas of this point the retina's not regrowing itself, well, now if you could just make that happen again mm-hmm. then magic can happen and yeah. this is the same for every aspect of your body really for all of these different defects that go on in people's hearts and stuff like
1: that yeah and and so let's do one more bit of eye science news uh and that is that uh there's been another paper that came out uh, that talks about eye floaters, you know
0: what the eye floaters are uh, yeah that's the reason I can hardly read at this point,
1: yeah, so that this paper did a study to reduce eye floaters in eyes by introducing a protein that dissolves them with great success with like between a sixty and eighty percent success rate uh and it it allowed people that had uh you know, that were identified as having these eye floaters uh, a way to see much more clearly.
0: Yeah, because they are, they will cause shadows on your vision for mm -hmm. people that don't have them. You consider yourself very lucky Mm -hmm. because I always had them in both eyes and it was very manageable. But when you lose the vision in one eye, then reading, as I said, stuff like that, when a floater goes by. Yeah. Worst case scenario is you see a little gray bit that will eventually move out of the way. But it also causes shadows and just things to blur up enough where needing that very, spe- you know, in that very specific area, needing a sharp image, you just can't get it until the floater moves off.
1: Yeah. And and that's something. So do you want to know this the treatment? So I'm assuming, again, this is a needle in the eye. Nope. No. No. It's edible. Interesting. Yeah. Pineapple. Ooh. I love pineapple. So people were put on a diet where they ate uh between 1 and 3 slices of pineapple every single day for 6 months. And the people that ate 3 slices of pineapple for 6 months had like an 86% uh improvement where they all their floaters disappeared. Wow, that's okay, that is interesting. So it's actually yep.
0: taking the floaters which are basically junk that float around yeah. In the vitreous or in that yep. in the uh is that the right term for uh I think the vitriol fluid would probably yeah. be yeah. what you're looking for. And wow, so you eat the pineapple, so that mm-hmm. somehow gets into the vitriol fluid. Well
1: pineapple has Well, it's acidic, obviously. Yeah. Well, there are there are some negative things about pineapple. One is their acidity. So the acidity has nothing to do with diaboles, it's just that pineapples produce a lot of a particular protein that interacts uh in your eyes to essentially dissolve these jellifying bits of matter that are floating in. And then your eyes actually constantly filtering the fluid in your eyeball. So, but if the bit of, is too big to go through the, the ducts, uh, then they just accumulate and float inside of your eyeball. Right. But the natural process is for that fluid to be constantly be filtered by the uh the mechanics of the eye
0: hey my right eyes had saline oil in it for uh five years now mm. and is that good or bad well i can't see out of the eye anyway so it doesn't really matter Uh, it doesn't doesn't really matter
1: yeah probably better than having cooking oil in there right Right. yeah that would be bad but that's interesting pineapple now is that in the is that in
0: the bromelain i mean because that's part of the uh most of the supplements with the corset and come bromelain which is comes from the pineapple i'm interested what part of the
1: yeah i i think that could very well be the thing that is active in the pineapple is the bromelain there may be other bits as well and they specifically talked about how they didn't want to do the study with just one of the particular agents they wanted to just do it with the actual fruit fully because there have been a lot of this is a study i think was triggered by a lot of sort of you know, old wives' tales kind of stuff. There's like, well, we're going to prove or disprove this once and for all. And the results were, uh, in a study of like 1,300 people. It's not a huge study, but it's a significant size of people. And to have results that were very conclusive is, uh, was a very good thing. So,
0: hey, you, I'm you adding pineapples to the diet.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, you want to get rid of floaters? Eat three slices of pineapples a day. The, and the one thing they did say is that, um, try to remove as little of the center as possible because that's where the biggest concentration is. But so if you can chew it, eat as much of the core as you can. I know there's at some point it just turns to wood right. and it's not really edible.
0: Right. Just just put a stick in your but, mouth. Chew
1: you know, on it. you can still make uh pineapple juice out of the core. I've, I've put that through the, the juicer many times. We are such nerds. Oh, I mean, I've got, I've, I've juiced for years, just not lately. No, i mentioned just what we were talking
0: about the juicing part didn't make you the nerd you were oh, a okay. nerd long
1: <laughs> before the juicing part. <laughs> i've never been a nerd i don't know what you're talking about i'm like a mr cool here no nerd i'm here that's
0: why you're All listening right. to
1: unrelenting we bring Unre- you things nobody else does we do unrelenting research on topics that others don't so next topic not so fun that i've got Unless you want to jump in, no. I thought. I mean, I didn't uh, know what could be less fun than blindness. Well, yeah. So this was a video that's been making the rounds from Texas of a guy getting shot. So it's a um, guy shows up to his ex-wife's place, or I guess her boyfriend's house, to pick up his son, and or maybe multiple kids. I don't recall. And she tells him that. They're not ready. Come back in a couple hours. And then he starts saying, well, the court says I'm here. I I pick them up at 345 or 315, whatever it is. So where the hell are they? Get them out here. And she's like, well, you're going to have to come back. So he is yelling at her. She's yelling back at him. Uh, The boyfriend eventually says, dude, get off my property. And the guy is like, you I've got a right to my kids. I'm not leaving. The boyfriend goes in the house, comes out with a rifle, says, get out of my property. And the guy says, what are you going to do? What are you going to, what are you going to shoot me? What are you going to do? And, uh, they start doing a little chest pushing because no one wants to use their hands because everybody's learned now that if, if you touch somebody that's assault, even if you don't touch them you know if you just barely touch them with your hands but it's not touching assault. somebody with your chest in uh, it's more debatable right okay. you have to show to a jury that somehow your chest was creating a uh, an assault behavior so there's a little bit of that and finally this one of the guys like shoots the the gun in the ground and we're not sure if he did it as a warning shot or if he tried to swing it around and shoot it and the other guy at that point then grabs the gun it's Presumably to make sure he doesn't get shot. And of course, by grabbing the gun, now he gives the first guy a reason legally to be able to shoot him. Uh, which which the boyfriend absolutely does. He does a double tap. The father falls to the ground dead. Um so the problem with this, and shootings happen all the time, and you know, the marital conflicts happen even more frequently, obviously. Here's the problem is you got Parental rights or father's rights more specifically versus property rights. So it's it's not one that that I think many of us like to go up against because most of these situations are very black and white, easy to, to grind. Well they
0: are because the court says when you have a custody agreement, mm-hmm. the wife, the mom in this case, is legally bound to give the kids up at four o'clock, whatever it is. Yep. Now it's up to her to make the arrangements i would mm-hmm.
1: guess where to do that and obviously the question well, the courts is make those arrangements occasionally as well well not where it's agree. going to, i mean i guess no, sometimes they do sometimes the courts say or at the police station like in the parking lot you both have to drive there that's where the kids get swapped
0: you know which in this case if would have been better
1: yes yeah but, because the guy i clearly the father had legal rights to the kids yes and clearly the mother was obstructing that and she was in the wrong. And the, my first thought along with most people is like, well, get the cops, have the cops show up and they'll get, get her to give the kid up and then go with you. Yes. So that which is always a much sounds, better choice than getting shot. That sounds like a good idea. Now reading through a bunch of messages about this topic, uh, a lot of people that have been through situations of, wives, ex-wives that have been bitches. Um husbands. It's not always the wife's fault, Gene. It's 99%. So uh Wow. Yeah. Gene at com. <laughs> Thank you. I love I love reading your emails. <laughs> so the well, all the people I know were the husbands, okay? So anyway, um so Keith clearly has a right to the kid and she's in the wrong here. And he absolutely had the right to call cops. But apparently, according to people that have gone through this, the cops may or may not show up, right. especially in this day and age. And right. even if they show up, they will not go into that house to bring the kids up. Right. Because the cops training is, it's more traumatic for the kids to have the cop drag them out of the house than it is just to leave them there and have the father go back to the courts and petition the courts that she's not following orders and then they'll move the location to the police station for this swap out. So it's it's not something where the father would have had immediate resolution. No, and, but now my question and is... Kid, and the mother was saying, you would, can get them in two hours. She wasn't saying, you will never see him. She wasn't saying, you won't see him today. She was saying... You'll get them in two hours. Not right now. Yeah, but you know how that game is, too, because absolutely. Did he, did he I know drive how game an hour is, to
0: get there. You know, I mean, here's the, I don't know, but there's but a lot my of things point
1: to- is this, though, his rights to get his kids stop at the sidewalk. There is No legal well, his, right to get his kid
0: has no physicality now the question no it does it absolutely does
1: he cannot be on private property to get his kid well yeah but his he still has, has the right to, to the kid over. even if he can't go on the guy's property exactly he has the right to the kid the dispute here is starts off with the kid but when the boyfriend comes back and says you need to leave my property because you're acting in a hostile manner the father now goes from being the guy in the right to well, being so you have the guy to in the define hostile manner too. No, you don't. If it's my property, no, you do. No, you don't. For this case, Not in you Texas. Do have to- Not in Texas. No, you yeah, don't. but
0: for the story, you got to know what was going on. Was hostile Well, manner he, Everybody saying, can watch. You're going to give me my kids now. He's, or-
1: he's yelling at the woman. He's yelling at her. He's twice her size. Listen, well, so but hostile. yelling is now hostile. If I deem it to be hostile on my property, look. If somebody is at your party that you're throwing. And they get drunk and they start getting loud and rowdy. And you tell them to leave and they say, fuck you, I'm not leaving. I can stay here as long as I want. You get loud and rowdy on every show. You shoot them. You shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) So consequently,
0: doing this remotely,
1: people, (laughs) I'll come and visit. (laughs) Uh, People that don't understand Texas law have different views on this. I get it. Tim Pool was, for one of the few times, in the wrong on this. Ooh. But the guy's rights to his kid don't supersede a wholly unrelated person's right to their security and their private property. When somebody tells you that you're trespassing and you need to leave a perfectly legitimate and legal action or failure to do so is shooting them. Is this a a Texas statute? Yes, it's a tax. Yeah. If somebody will not leave your property everywhere, you can legally shoot them. If somebody is doing something that is hostile to you, you can absolutely shoot them. If somebody is doing something that is hostile to your neighbors, you can shoot them from your property into your neighbor's property. And that's these are all court cases that have gone through uh, Texas courts.
0: And the bar of hostility in Texas is is raising your voice.
1: If look, uh, raising your voice is one of the things. So you you have to watch the video, right? You can't just listen to the video.
0: We were going to be a video show, Gene, and you could have had this video
1: i could have and i've seen it i think most people have seen it it's been making the rounds on the internet i don't see anything on the internet well you don't see anything period true you need your eyeballs replaced (laughs) at least one yes yeah yeah i've not run across that yet well you you should uh you should definitely see i think it's i'm not gonna put a link to it simply because i think most of the big media have like blurred the fuck out of everything right so you because can't really it's an see actual what's shooting on and uh, but there is definitely a version of it floating out there i think in the british press if i can give a hint that has the full uncensored video with the full shooting inside this guy does not get shot until after he grabbed the gun to try and wrestle it out of the first guy's hands and at which point then the owner of the property does exactly what he should have and uh Shoots a guy
0: Well, granted, it wasn't in Texas, but this is the Ahmad Arbery case. Exactly. Well, not exactly because this wasn't a domestic situation, but that was the case of Ahmad Arbery. The guy got had the gun. He grabbed the gun. They killed mm-hmm. him, and mm-hmm. all three of them were convicted of murder So there's a chance that this guy is going to be convicted no,
1: of murder. And it's uh, not going to happen. He he hasn't even been arrested that's see Texas is weird. Yeah, it's it's the way things ought to be. Your property is your property. If you're not breaking any laws, yeah, but if you have okay, full wait, but here's okay, your property. But
0: here's the thing. Okay, say you're having a party, mm-hmm. and somebody's not getting loud and obnoxious, but yep. somebody comes out with a gun and shoots it. Now, yeah. then somebody grabs the gun and gets shot. Well, then who's going to jail and who's not? You
1: uh, know what I'm saying this is well. Uh, Well, who comes out with the gun? Who comes out with the gun? Anybody? Anybody has a gun, and they just shoot into the ground. The guy who owns the property is the one that's allowed to shoot somebody. Nobody else is allowed to have a gun in uh, Texas. Then, if you don't own the property, the person who owns the property gets to decide whether they allow you to have a gun on their property.
0: Well, if they allow you to, but then if you shoot it, which I would think, if you grab their gun and you're
1: on their property, you've now committed a felony. Is shooting a gun not an act of aggression? Maybe in this case. On your property? Are you kidding? Half yeah, the, it doesn't the matter where you are if it's an act of aggression. Property. You're
0: saying yelling is... There's no uh, such... No,
1: no, no. hostility. It's, it is hostility. Yelling is
0: hostility, but shooting a gun is okay.
1: It's threatening behavior. What, you're not yelling allowed is to, more
0: threatening than shooting a gun?
1: Are you not listening at all to what I'm saying about <laughs> private property? I am listening. Are your ears working or just your eyeballs? I am listening. I just don't understand if the logic here. you are here. on your property, you're on private property, you get to determine... What is aggressive and hostile behavior? Now, if he didn't him,
0: tell this guy to leave, is it okay for him to shoot him too? Is this,
1: you know, what's uh, the... Uh, I think that if he was having this conversation with them or he was observing it and he said nothing, he just came out and shot a gun, it, it'd be a, a little bit harder defense, but still probably defensible. But the fact that he he told him to leave and it, look, this, this guy was uh, the boyfriend. All I can was, say is this new boyfriend? Should dump yeah. this chick and get the far as hell oh as he Yeah, can. I think I think that's already happened. I believe that in one of the articles it said that they've already broken up. Yeah, I could see that. He clearly didn't need did not need this shit happening to like, him.
0: Get your damn kids ready.
1: But here's the thing. It's it you don't have the so you can say, Well, it's his rights to have his kids. Totally. It is not his rights to break into somebody's house to get his kids. No, I would agree with that a hundred percent your property in texas extends to the sidewalk if somebody tells you to leave it is no different than them telling you to leave out the door and you deciding to stay inside their house i'm never setting
0: foot on your property because i know the minute my foot hits your property you're going to be like i want you to leave and then the shots are going to start ringing out
1: Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's a tough one because I totally felt for the father. You know, the guy is there. His bitch ex-wife is not letting the kids go for whatever reason, which is unexplained.
0: Yeah, which is horrible for the kids, even if the guy doesn't get shot. Parents that just can't.
1: They're just yelling at each other outside about this topic. She's saying, wait, two hours can come back then. He's saying, no, that's not what the court says. I get him now. The the guy's new wife, meanwhile, is the one filming all of this on her cell phone from the car which is how we have the video. Oh, nice. That's where we have the video from is the current wife of the guy picking up his kids is the one that's filming everything. It's going to be interesting to see. It is going to be interesting. And the other thing, here's what we don't know. And this can change both my take on what went down and hopefully everybody else's opinion as well. What we don't know is any of the history. All we have is a short three minute clip that shows somebody uh, starting, to get annoyed and loud at his ex-wife, being told to leave, not leaving. Grabs a gun, gets shot. That's what we see a video, right? What which we is don't to make content. Is, the was is this everything. guy doing this on a regular basis? Has he threatened anybody previously? Has the boyfriend threatened anybody previously? Like we don't know the backstory on any three of these people, right? Uh, clearly, not a healthy relationship. The way that things were going probably worse off now after the shooting because the kids lose their real dad and they probably lose their, you know, mom's boyfriend, uh, authority figure because he doesn't want anything to do with her after this incident. Um, I mean, it's, it's not, it's a bad situation all the way around, but a lot of people are completely ignoring the private property aspect of this and simply looking at as well, Oh, my God, how could he have gotten a shot for doing what he was legally allowed to, which is pick up your kids? Picking up your kids does not allow you, in most states, in fact, to go on the property of the other person. If if you get partial custody and you're hostile with your ex, uh, either you do it at a neutral spot or you come up to the door. You stand at the door. She gets her kids. She sends the kids out. You don't get to go in the house. You don't get to stay on her property if she tells you to leave. Stay on the sidewalk. There would have been like this whole thing would have ended very differently had when the guys heard when the father heard get off the property, if he would have said, well, I'm staying here until the cops show up. Right. And and then he would have walked off the driveway, stood right in front of the driveway on the street or on the sidewalk, waited for the cops to show up. He would still be alive today.
0: It's good advice to not intentionally try to to escalate anything.
1: And he absolutely did with his behavior. He, as soon as he saw the gun, he started walking into the guy, like towards him. Like, what are you going to do? You're not going to shoot me. Guess what? What do you think you brought that for? Well, yeah, you get shot and you're dead. Yeah, it's a really Um, bad.
0: See, again, I I want the context of has this happened before? Has this guy been violent before? Because if not, then bringing the gun out is a little.
1: You're totally allowed to bring the gun.
0: Well, on you're your allowed country. to, but it's a little extreme. If uh, this guy had never yeah. been physical, never, you know, anything like that, you know, yeah. if this was yeah. just I've got a gun and I'm going to show you if I got a big, you know, big swing of dick, then that's one thing. Yeah. And if that wouldn't wouldn't have happened, then maybe this whole thing is de-escalated. Texas also. has
1: but open carry. Yeah. Anybody at any time can have a gun in their position.
0: Hey, in Chicago they've even got concealed ca- I don't think they're supposed to. I was really intrigued. I saw a story the other day about a woman who went to a chase bank out on the south side here mm-hmm. went back out to her car and the, before she was able to lock the door on her car carjacker opens the door points a gun in her face unluckily for him she also had a concealed carry and shot him she, i they don't know they were she thought maybe because it was point blank range but he ran mm. but you know, she was able to fight him off. And I'm thinking, ooh, the, in, within the bounds of city, the city mm-hmm. of Chicago having a concealed carry. I don't think they allow
1: that. But, uh, well, no, they do. Chicago absolutely does. But it's almost impossible to get a permit. I don't even know if they do in Chicago. For the they longest do. time, handguns
0: were illegal in the city limits at all.
1: There's always exceptions to that laws. It's, it's always a matter of who, you know, in order to be able to get that. It's been illegal in New York for a long time too. And there you can still get a, well, you can't, right. Right. Some people have concealed carry permits in New York. It's uh, all depends on whether or not the exceptions that exist in the law can be granted. you. You know, and I'm wondering
0: if you're somebody that's out there and you're deciding that you're going to carjack people, does that change your mentality the first time somebody starts shooting back at you? I mean, then I think it should. I think that should be as, a hell of a crime prevention technique.
1: Well, I, I'd say most people I know uh, in Texas and as, actually in other states as well, all have guns in their vehicles at all times.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying that's a bad idea. There's a reason why you yeah. own multiple guns.
1: Well, and there, there's like someone who lives in Texas like that father should have been smart enough to know that when you're living in texas you gotta assume that everybody's armed well
0: obviously he saw that this guy was armed he came out with a rifle it wasn't he like saw this that was...
1: he was armed and he decided to provoke him
0: yeah that's not a good idea no. that's a really dumb idea i mean it was also a really dumb idea for the guy to come out with a gun unless there was some kind of
1: physical mm-hmm. altercation going on but no because the the other guy didn't leave his property so he came to enforce his legal authority to remove somebody from his property
0: Still not necessarily the best idea because this could have wound him up. Of course it's not.
1: He's going to get sued, okay? Uh, So even if he doesn't have a criminal case, there will be a a civil case against him. Uh, And Typically, the legal fees on those types of wrongful death cases are going to run in the hundreds of thousands of dollars.
0: And how do those cases normally go in Texas when it comes down to... Is this guy going to lose his house and everything else he's got because yeah, he decided his to lawyer. defend his property?
1: It depends on his lawyer, because the the bar in the civil case is lower than the bar in the criminal case.
0: Right. That's how OJ got to uh, pay some out to this family of uh, yeah. Nicole Brown Simpson and you know, uh, yeah, that's. uh. Yeah. I mean, your life can be ruined in multiple different ways. You don't oh, have to go to jail. Uh,
1: and here's the thing you have to remember is anytime you do use a deadly weapon of any type, certainly firearms, um, but it could be a knife as well. could be a sword. But anytime you do, could be a bow. You have to keep in the back of your mind that your actions will not may, but will result in legal expenses in six figures. Right. Even if you did everything by the book, you're absolutely right. No criminal charges will be filed on you. Even if all that happens, you will still have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of legal expenses. And luckily, uh, there are companies that provide insurance for that. Well, that's what I thought it was interesting. The woman in the
0: carjacking said, you know, she prays every night that she doesn't have to use her gun, mm-hmm. but she's ready if she has to absolutely and that's anybody think, that owns a gun that should be i I don't not that saying, you have to pray. that is a good sentiment yeah. but yes you should have that sentiment yeah, yeah. like you know I'm, you, you do everything you have to to yes. not need to not have to use
1: it there there is a uh there's a certain obligation that comes along with knowledge and that includes knowledge of firearms w- one thing i've said for a long time and actually others have said it about me uh, which is kind of funny is that I do a lot of the same kind of work that lawyers do, but without the limitations that lawyers have and without the paychecks, the lawyers, because, get. because I don't, yeah, because I don't have to abide by uh, the requirements of the bar. I can do other things. So
0: you like the Texas version of the equalizer. I mostly play video games. I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. Okay. I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that and podcasts. And I was just picturing you as uh, all
1: right. Next story.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Supreme Court's gonna overthrow Roe v. Wade.
0: What do you think? I don't believe that's gonna happen until it happens, but this is only gonna lead to court packing. I mean, if they can still pull this off before the midterm elections, mm-hmm. because uh, it's an interesting case. And people still have to understand how the system works in the United States and the fact that every state has different laws. This is not something that is universal among all 50 states. And this is over a case of how many weeks abortion is legal. They're not talking about throwing all abortions out and making them illegal anywhere, as far as I know. I mean, some people may want that, but that's not what's being talked about in the courts. And in this case, it seems that the Supreme Court is leaning towards. And what's it? Is it Mississippi involved yeah. in this one? Mm-hmm. That yep. they're leaning towards upholding what the state courts have done in Mississippi, and
1: it's going to be interesting. I mean, so it's, what you, you mean what the legislature has done right. in Mississippi?
0: Correct. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how that goes. Because so, the reality is, you can still drive out of state and get your abortion if you want.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think, and I could be wrong in this, I haven't looked it up, but I believe at the time that Roe v. Wade was a case before the U.S. Supreme Court initially, that there were several states that had complete bans on all abortions, bar none, period, no exceptions. I'm not I sure, that but was that, the would, case. that would and make I, sense. I it, was, it was some of the southern states that that was the case in. And, uh, and so the... Um, there was very much a movement for allowing abortions in all states at the time preceding, like it's, it's not that this movement of pro abortion popped up during the, um, uh, Roe Wade trial. This all was happening prior to that. There was, I, and I, I don't know how better to describe it than the pro abortion movement, because it's essentially people that were trying to get laws passed, And certainly supporting court cases that challenged existing laws that prevented abortion in all manner of states. And Roe Wade really wasn't the case about abortion. It was a case about states' rights versus uh, federal government. Right. And does a state have the right to enact laws which are not ingrained in the Constitution and set aside for the federal government, or does it not? And at that particular time in Roe Wade, and again, I'm just going by memory, so I could be off, but the decision was essentially that, uh, that this was a law that impinged on the rights of the woman and, uh, really leveraging the 14th amendment in saying that states did not have the right to enact laws like that. Now. There's been a lot of, uh, time since that's passed and a lot of language has been changed. And I I believe right now there's something like a dozen or so, maybe 10 states that have laws on the books that will greatly reduce abortion that are set up as trigger laws. So effectively they're conditional. So if Roe v. Wade no longer exists, then this law automatically applies. And so I think that's the focus of the the left's uh frenzy right now is that if Roe v. Wade is even diluted, much less completely trashed, then instantly we're gonna have uh, a quarter of the country be in an abortion free zone.
0: I don't now, believe that would happen. But I mean we with the time that has passed, the overton window has moved.
1: Uh, Yeah, and then uh, and also when there was talk about abortion back in the seventies, the question was really more focused on not abortion as birth control, right? But abortion as a right that a woman has the ability to make that choice after a doctor decides it's the right choice. Um, honestly, if you go back to the when that law was, uh, it was not even a law when that case was up uh doctors had way more authority over what their patients were allowed to do than doctors currently have right now doctors have virtually no say in what patients are allowed to do that's predominantly determined by your insurance company uh and by a variety of regulations around medical devices and, and use thereof uh if you don't like what a doctor tells you to use you just go to a different doctor right and quite often like being totally upfront and say look doctor that i was with they, he said this i don't really believe him i'm looking for somebody that has a better understanding of medicine and can do this right. which is what i'm trying to get i'm looking for and somebody to find do this is somebody that instantly that'll agree with you and say all right makes sense to me let's try it you know and then that's why a lot of people like rush limbaugh and um uh the the canadian guy goddamn uh, the canadian out. guy okay you know what i'm for, talking about the, the canadian guy bringing you get down no i don't know which
0: canadian guy you're the, talking about the
1: professor the canadian professor guy goddamn the canadian blackout. professor my old age yeah uh jordan peterson uh, that both of those guys were addicted to uh prescription painkillers yeah. Yeah. yeah because they were prescribed without really a whole lot of long-term uh, thought. Given. Well, yeah.
0: well, and a lot of people do the doctor shopping too, which is you go to multiple yeah. doctors and they well, all give but you a the, pain Nobody pill and-
1: starts off doing doctor shopping. Everybody starts off by being legitimately prescribed something. And then their doctor is renewing it and then maybe renewing it for a year. And then well, after a year.
0: Who come across it? I mean, I
1: know people that well, would. That could be addicts. i uh, yeah. uh, sure. but addicts generally can't afford doctors uh but somehow they they afford the drugs they do afford that well drugs cost way less on the street than they do in if you're paying the bills at your doctors that's the other crazy part right if you want cheap insulin you get it on the street if you want cheap opioids you get them on the street you don't you don't pay the rates that the drug companies charge normal americans yeah it's nuts what it's the, backwards uh, is what it is.
0: It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't.
1: And it it's it's completely fucked up.
0: The uh when my dad just had one of his surgeries because he's on a blood thinner, he needed mm-hmm. to do a, a Lovinox shot, they call it. That's whatever yep. the drug is. And these shots were like, "Oh, you know, this is going to be I don't remember the exact amount. So we'll be mm-hmm. rounding." But because he hadn't had the deductible, blah blah blah. It's like, "Well, this is like $500 mm-hmm. for for this round of shots." Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, oh, but you know this free prescription card thing we got in the mail. Does that help? Yeah. Oh, that'll be a hundred dollars. It's like, yeah. are you kidding? Yeah, for nothing, for no reason. Being like, well, I've got a coupon you know, from yeah. the paper.
1: That's literally it. the other thing that people forget to do. You could totally do with almost all of these drug companies because they do have PR departments. uh You don't even have to threaten them. All you got to do is find on their website. They they typically will have a link to contacting them, and they may even have a form directly available, but almost all of them will send you coupons direct from the drug manufacturer for like 80 or 90 percent off. All you got to do is ask. you don't yes. need to go to a third- party discount company that whose goal is just to create a list of people that use a particular drug and then sell that list to advertisers. You can literally look at the back of your pillbox, see who makes the drug go to their website, look for either an automated form to give you a discount or just reach out to their contact number or their uh, email or whatever and say, hey, uh, financially troubled, use your product. Do you have a a program in place for uh, financial assistance? All of them do. I've never run across one company that doesn't have some program in place. Uh, I think the best one, I had one of them for one of the drugs I take. Uh, they, They did two years for free. That was their program. So nice. you get our drug completely free for two years. Normally it would have been like, I don't know, 400 bucks a month. Oh, it adds up. And p- again, people uh, yeah, 400 bucks a month adds up. All right. Well, people don't know the system. Yeah. It's the same
0: thing with hospital bills because mm-hmm. I went through, as I said, five different surgeries on my retina. Yeah. I also needed the gallbladder out in the same kind of, uh, you know, the time period with the, yeah. the insurance. That's pretty common, actually, with you have eye problems and
1: gallbladder at the same time.
0: The hospital bill, you know, we got the hospital bill in the mail Mm -hmm. and just went through the process saying, well, you know, I'm a poor podcaster. Mm -hmm. You know, is there anything you can do? I mean, interesting. Right off the bat, the answer was either 10 or 20 percent. Well, yeah, we can knock that off the bill Mm -hmm. right off the bat. Just for asking. Just for for making a phone call and asking. And I'm like, well, you know, is there anything else? And like, well, we can send you some forms, blah, blah, blah. So they sent the forms, filled the forms Mm -hmm. out, Mm -hmm. and like two weeks later, got a letter back from the hospital saying, yeah, we've wiped your bill clean.
1: Yeah. See? Perfect example,
0: people. He's not even making this up. No, this is absolutely what people have to understand. When you get any of these big bills, you know, if you have millions of dollars in the bank, you're probably not going to get any help. But if you're an average person who, you know, these bills are. It's yep. stressed for you Yeah. at the very least ask and go through the process. Most likely your little bill that the hospital has for you, they
1: can absorb it. Exactly. And they're, they're planning on it. They know it. And there are plenty of people that, that are of a certain bracket of wages, shall we say that utilize emergency services, don't pay a dime and they use them all the time.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, you, you have a cold. So you walk into the ER.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then how would you like to pay for this? Oh, I, I, you know, I live in the halfway house. Okay. So that'll be free. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. So use, right, use what
0: you can. Yeah. Use what you can. That's the, the and as everything that we talk about here on unrelenting knowledge is what you need. Exactly. All right. We can get that out of the way
1: now. Uh, next thing. Uh, Putin talking about uh, Oh boy, the KGB
0: story of the week
1: the clock moving closer to the doomsday clock uh, to a nuclear annihilation of the whole planet.
0: Well, see, we Uh, always thought it was going to be the USA and Russia, mm -hmm. but now that's China's
1: moving in on this. Well, China's trying to move in for sure, but here's what's happening with USA and and, uh, uh, Russia. So there, the U S is in the process of, I mean, they—they're not just talking about it. They're sort of committed to deploying uh, ballistic missiles in Ukraine. And Putin, in his uh, interview, was talking about how this literally puts the flight time of these missiles to seven minutes to Moscow. Yeah, that's very close. Seven minutes. Now, for those people that have studied history at all, you would remember that in the 1950s, Russia decided to put missiles in cuba which yes. was 80 80 miles from florida about seven minutes away <laughs> about a thousand miles from washington dc yeah and the response from the u.s was essentially declaring war and uh threatening uh, to annihilate the whole planet if that didn't get resolved um so it's not a good position from a optics standpoint to be in to effectively be doing what Communist USSR did in the fifties. Now doing that in the United States. Well, I thought we were in a whole process
0: of nuclear de-escalation,
1: which apparently uh we've also walked out of all those discussions. Interesting. Joe Biden yeah. wants war. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Well, maybe China wants war. Maybe China wants the US to have a war with Russia. Maybe, maybe. But you know, Putin's very kind of calm explanation of the, this process is that if the u.s doesn't back down from this if they continue on to this missile implementation they're kind of forcing the hand of russia to then uh, equip the russian submarines with the hypersonic missiles that was recently tested so uh, they,
0: do they have the same stuff that this is what china just tested right russia's got yeah, similar yeah. technology well, that's with-
1: where what do you think china stole it from <laughs>
0: I, you know, you're right. See, so if we've the, learned anything. It's that China can build anything. They, they can build anything. They can't design they just, it.
1: They can't design shit. So obviously we're generalizing. I'm sure there's some Chinese people that can, but <laughs> yes, but China as a general does not design. They steal. So these missiles uh, fly at Mach, Mach nine, which would place them in international waters and a struck strike time of Washington, D.C. of five minutes.
0: Yeah. At some point there is absolutely not enough
1: time to do anything. None of this is enough. Seven minutes is not enough. And five minutes is absolutely not enough. And you can't do shit about nuclear submarines sailing in the Atlantic. That's like normal behavior, international waters. So effectively it's like, well, okay. If you want to put missiles on our border, which it literally is, it is, it is just like putting missiles in Mexico or Canada. You know, Ukraine has one of the biggest borders with Russia of any country. So U S missiles in Ukraine, aim at Russia. It would be exactly like Chinese or Russian missiles in Canada or Mexico aimed at the U S right. Literally on the border. Um, the, the whole point of Eastern Europe was to have a buffer between Russia and, uh, you know, NATO and uh that buffer has now been completely erased um so i don't know man it's it's uh we COVID may not matter we you know we think we're back to a
0: when we grew up people of our age group that was the big worry was the what was it the nuclear day war. after tomorrow right yeah. nuclear war the whole because yeah, uh,
1: they sat through the training drills in in elementary school where you you put your head on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> you you cover your head with your hands and you go underneath your desk when the nuclear bomb explodes over your head.
0: It's always better to do that when you're vaporized, is to mm-hmm. make a, make yourself as small as possible, so whoever exactly. has to sweep you up
1: afterwards is. Uh, it's a nice little pile, right? That you don't have to worry about. But That is an uh, interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think anybody wants nuclear war. Well, no, there's, I, some, you, there's some nuts that do. Even the Charles Schwab types, I, I, I don't think, or not Charles. What's his name? Uh, the, uh, which you know guy? I'm about the Swiss guy, the Swiss guy, Schwab, Schwab, His last yes. name Schwab. Yes. What's his first name? Um, uh, it's not Charles. Might be Charles. Might be Charles. Might be Charles yeah. yeah. The, uh, the new world order, dude. Uh, you know, I don't think most people want nuclear war, but there is a point in posturing kind of like if you're on somebody else's private property and you're yelling and you're telling him, what are you going to do with that? Where you might get shot.
0: Well I think there is O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly. The great Bill O'Reilly was just talking about this the other day and how it seems like there is a rise of the amount of people who are completely um you know beyond narcissistic that have no problem wiping out a society, you know, have no problem committing violence at every turn. And I think we are have to be aware of that because it depends who's got the button to push for these nukes or whatever else. You know, I don't know if we're that far beyond. No no country as a whole wants to be annihilated. But all you need is one nut with the ability to go, hey, I can blow the world up. And it could happen. I mean, I think that's way more possible and way more believable at this point than a lot of other things.
1: Yeah. So I think the real question is we got to look at areas that would survive this and who owns houses there
0: well no area would really survive right it would just be depending on who's got the nuclear bunkers in the you know in in the mountains in uh colorado or the ones underground throughout the u.s and other places
1: yes but if you're in south america uh the the real question is looking at the wind patterns and there i guarantee you that all these studies have already been done they essentially say, if a nuke goes off in Washington, D.C., or a nuke goes off in Moscow, or a nuke goes off in, you know, Shanghai, or whatever. We want to be in Chile. Where, where does that blow? Where does it go? Because we know that anything that happens in Russia is going to cover Europe, because we've already seen examples of that with Chernobyl. We've seen examples of that with the uh, the lava coming in from Iceland. Like, the, the weather patterns in Europe, are, they mix all pretty much all of Europe together.
0: But wouldn't massive yeah. nuclear blasts affect the weather
1: patterns? I mean, no. I, I mean, we, we dropped two bombs in Japan. Yeah, and but that two didn't affect shit.
0: in Japan isn't like fifty of them going off in the United States. I don't States, think.
1: Or, I don't think we'd have fifty going off. I think Washington D.C. would disappear.
0: Well, you know that. Sorry to D.C. girl and everybody else in that general area. I, that may not be the worst thing.
1: I would prefer California to disappear myself.
0: Oh, yeah. If but, well, if we're doing a wish list of who <laughs> what people were wiping out, right? sure, California. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if, and it's amazing that we're seriously talking about nuclear war at this point in history, but I think we kind of have to. But no, I, think I agree. the because most the technology- likely, yeah, it's there. The most likely scenario is not a complete annihilation through thermonuclear war this is not detente type scenario this is absolutely a uh, deterrent strike scenario so that if there is a if there's use of nuclear weapons there will be a proportional return of fire yeah that would make sense yeah that would make sense but even even beyond nuclear weapons if there's use of any weapons Outside of declared war, there would be a proportional return of fire. And I think that's something that um, the United States hadn't had to deal with until the 1980s, when the ICBM capabilities of Russia or USSR, really at that point, had advanced to the stage where it was becoming a very real threat that uh, that these ICBMs launched from Russia could go all the way well, halfway around the world over the North Pole and then strike targets in the U.S. Because up until the 70s, that wasn't really even a realistic possibility. There was not a whole lot of fear when you have the Pacific Ocean on one side and an Atlantic Ocean on the other side and Canada, which is gigantic and empty north of you. So the U.S. has been fairly isolated for a very long time. The technology has definitely caught up. The technology now puts those capabilities into a very quaint kind of uh, category because now the, the distances can get covered by much faster means. And the Star Wars that was making big headlines, if you remember, in the early 80s from Ronald Reagan. Right. Well, it's kind of like the dome,
0: the Israeli. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it was one of the things that kind of bankrupted Russia because they did not have sufficient enough technology and were trying to spend a lot of money to get that technology to be able to circumvent the Star Wars satellite based anti-missile technology that, as later turned out, never existed. I was going to say, it's kind of like it was a concept. It was essentially a marketing piece with some uh, CGI video now was this something was,
0: they ever thought was actually this is something i've never really oh researched. yeah in
1: russia they absolutely believe that this was real
0: but did the absolutely. u.s really believe they could build this and then weren't able to or was this just a complete con that we i have think this there technology? were two things
1: that happened i think it started off as really for the time for the early 80s very high tech uh marketing for defense contractors to want to sell real weapons that they hadn't built yet but Thought they if they could get, get the money for them, they could build them. And then I think somebody's intelligent up in the government realized that, hey, if we just publicize the hell out of this, instead of making it top secret military uh, defense contract proposals, if we let the proposals be public, then people will think we actually already have this. And that was a brilliant move. Right. We could fake some
0: tests. We could leak some video. That's all Absolutely.
1: you need. Absolutely. And so. Yeah, Russia absolutely thought that this was this was the next chess move on the great chess board is that the U.S. is demonstrating that you can't retaliate. And that puts us into a much better position for a first strike. And Russia, incidentally, um, always saw the U.S. as being a first strike initiator because uh, the U.S. has demonstrated that very clearly. Uh, in uh, World War II, with dropping nuclear bombs, they didn't threaten to drop nuclear bombs; they dropped nuclear bombs. Now, how does this change the
0: chess game when everybody has the ability to strike the enemy so quickly there is no time to defend?
1: Yeah, well, what it means is that you you can no longer be perceived as doing a defensive large strike. Meaning the, the rationale for both USSR and the U S in having a retaliatory strike that was disproportional. And what I mean by that is, you know, if there's one, uh, ICBM that the U S launches, uh, the USSR would launch all their ICBMs in response. And it, it was the same thing the other way around. If there was one Russian ICBM, we got really close to it. There's a, uh, a, there was a story about this, that, that was declassified like three years ago or so, and just how close we got, because there was an and I, what appeared to be an, I, an unidentified Russian rocket coming over the North pole towards the U S that almost had the U S triggering a full nuclear la- launch. No, it was, uh, it was the mission. other way around. No, no, it wasn't the other way around. It was this way around.
0: Well, that happened the other way around, too. I did a whole random thoughts on this about no, the Russian you? guy yeah, yeah. that it looked like four ICBMs were coming in. And it ended up just being a reflection off the atmosphere mm-hmm. or something. And it was his job to immediately tell if anything was going on. And he had a gut yeah, feeling.
1: He, yeah. And I think it was a very similar story in the U.S. and NORAD as well, is that it like somebody had to make the decision that this has to be a mistake yes this doesn't make sense be real yeah and they decided not to do it but either way um we've come so close to annihilation so many times and now you start to wonder maybe we should have
0: yeah so well i mean here even in this case if we're talking about the ability to launch things from submarines
1: yeah which the u.s does does as well U.S. has that
0: but if you're the united states and all of a sudden submarines pop up and start firing icbms
1: yeah they don't pop up they, they, you launch underwater. Gotcha. But
0: the ICBMs pop up. How do you know? I mean, you you, mm-hmm. don't, you can't get a serial number and be like, are you Russian? Are you Chinese? Is this an Iranian well, and sub? Here's
1: the, here's the thing is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. You don't know. I mean, even if you kind of know where the subs are, what are you going to do about it? You Nothing. can't do anything about it. You can't. Yeah. You can't do jack shit about it. So, so the, the difference with this is that now I think the conversation is more about proportional retaliatory strikes versus and disproportional and the, the idea of disproportional was the idea that somebody launches a first strike regardless of how big it is or how small it is uh, and know that their retaliation will be disproportionate is enough to prevent anybody from doing a first strike. It's mutually assured destruction, right? That's what we all grew up with. Right. And, uh, instead the conversation now is about proportional strikes, which is uh, you have no ability to defend against a, a directed strike. And the, and by the way, the reason you wanted disproportional was one, it was for that deterrent factor. Right. And two, because you wanted to take out the rest of their ICBM sites. Which would be a smart thing to do. So there was a counter play to this by both countries at the time in the 1970s. Uh, The counterplay from the U.S. was, uh, uh, from Carter, was to place U.S. ICBMs on trains and move them around. And uh, the counterplay in Russia was to uh, put ICBMs on essentially uh, large military vehicles and actually drive them around and drive them into forests and places where uh, there are no obvious roads and uh, it was all, it was both for the same idea that, you know, that this prevents the other country from being able to target fixed sites for right. missiles. And I think that kind of came about as the technology shrank because originally in the early seventies, uh, the technology was so physically large that you couldn't really do that
0: well yeah you needed the silo i mean you couldn't just launch something off a yeah. truck and get it halfway around the yeah, world
1: like you, it's it's kind of like rocket launches. like you can't just pull up a vehicle stand up a rocket and launch it you know it, that's going to go into orbit you needed a whole launch pad with a crew and electronics and fuel and everything else in there
0: this so, hour of programming brought to you by unrelenting bunker Builders. exactly <laughs>
1: Uh, interestingly enough, the V2 rockets, the original V2s that were used by the Germans against uh, England uh, predominantly, but not just England, but the uh, London saw a shit ton of them. Uh, They were launched from a mobile launch facility, so they were small enough, but also the distance they're covering is small enough that they were essentially uh, trucks that kind of look like, you know, the cranes that have the jacks that go down on them. Right. Yeah, that's kind of what the V2 trucks look like. Stabilize them and blow. hmm Yep. So uh anyway, that's what's happening in international news. Uh the 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 annihilation nuclear clock has ticked one second closer now. <laughs>
0: Enjoy yourself while you can. Forget about COVID. Worry so that, about being okay. I mean, really, if you're going to COVID go, is a distraction. If you're going to go now, let's just assume that. You had you know, COVID was a disease which would basically uh, you know, kill everybody, but mm-hmm. you know, over two weeks, three weeks time or just being vaporized instantly, I'm going instant.
1: Seems like yeah a much instant way to is go. definitely better. You don't have to deal with anything because uh even if you don't get instant radiation um, you know, like burns on your body, if you're if let's say you're you are really in the bunker. But everything else around you is radiated, right? So your food, your water supply, everything, and the dangers of that—that long-term radiation—is that once it gets in your body through natural absorption, um, by eating food or drinking water, uh, then you're fucked because that's where your your DNA starts to disintegrate. And as we started the show talking about how. Your body is constantly rebuilding every cell in your body and including the DNA for that cell. Well, yeah, and, and the, the
0: reality d- is if there is a complete nuclear annihilation, this concept that, hey, I've got a bunker, I can stay alive for 20 years, mm-hmm. but why would you want to? For what purpose? It's going to be
1: a very hard job yeah. repopulating the planet. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have a lot of sex.
0: <laughs> and you're going to have to stay alive underground.
1: But a lot of like just tremendous amount of sex.
0: I guess it all depends how many people you have with you. I'm I'm hearing that Gene's bunker is him and uh ten thousand women. The reality is It's a lot of work. They would kill you. I don't I don't care that it would end the population. They would kill you probably within weeks.
1: <laughs> Just You've been talking guess. to my ex wife again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. I mean we talk all the time. I have to learn these things.
1: Uh huh. I have to learn so. these
0: things. But we uh, do have a few people to thank for supporting the show. Yeah. We can do that. No, let's do that. Because we are a value for value podcast slash a on locals podcast, but that's kind of value for value at the same time. That is totally value for
1: value. I mean, it's totally optional. We're not selling a product. All we're doing is if people want to support us, we give them some behind the scenes. Yes.
0: Pre-show, post-show, some video stuff coming up. Now, the person that comes in with the executive producership today is our buddy, Steve McConnell, who is currently paying us on both locals and on Patreon. So I don't know if he meant to double dip. If so, thank you. If not, we already have your money. Ha ha. But we (laughs) appreciate your support, Steve. And we do encourage everybody to check out our website, which is at unrelenting.show, where it can also link you to our locals page where we do post a bunch of stuff. And it's the place that as much of a one-stop shop as we can make it for a membership thing, that's where you can go. You can still do the PayPal, you can still do the snail mail and all that. I know you, you tell me snail mail doesn't work. And I'll tell you all about Jeremy Gertis in a second, but our buddy chewed a cookie comes in with $10 and that came in snail mail. And he makes it nice and easy. Cause he sends a big check and a nice. single check and he splits it up between this show, random thoughts, the rock and roll pre-show and planet rage. Cause there are some people crazy enough. To listen to, to all the shows All of that you? I do. Oh, my God. He must really like <laughs> listening to you every day. I don't know. I've noticed one interesting thing on the Rock and Roll Pre-Show, and that is the donations come in at like a four-to-one ratio of women to men. And I don't know exactly what that means, except women must love me.
1: Oh, that's the obvious conclusion.
0: That's, that's the only one I can come to. I'm mm-hmm. sure my wife can come up with something different, but that's the what I come up with, and I'm sticking with it. Our buddy Brian Janak comes in with 10 bucks over on Patreon. Our buddy Bruce City Mike, who was the first and foremost on the locals, still coming in. What's that? A $7 plan? Something like that on locals. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that. You know, the first of the month is where we'll acknowledge the people coming in
1: on locals and on yeah. the Well, Patreon. I think people like hearing themselves be thanked for sure. But ultimately, our goal isn't just to have big, long donation segments. But because we need big, long donations to do that. Right. But uh but to just continuously over the course of a month, provide some additional content, some additional stuff. Uh And certainly anything that as soon as we're getting more into video, anything we do will be accessible through locals right on there.
0: And you are producers of the show. We do appreciate when people come in with story ideas, things that maybe we should know about, things we should talk about. I mean, we like to pick apart things in. In a way that only we can. So, if you come across a topic, unrelentingly, that, yes. If you come across a topic that needs unrelenting, then send it on over to us. Our buddy Sir Truck Driver comes in with five bucks. He's another one that splits them all up between the four different shows. So he and Chuda cookie they are listening to a lot of my content. We appreciate that. And then our buddy Dennis Woods coming in with five dollars. And of course, Jeremy Curtis is still doing the streaming checks. Still showing <laughs> up twice a week, thirty-three cent checks like daily. And we greatly appreciate everybody for supporting the show. We appreciate everybody listening to the show. But if you want to take part in the value for value thing, you can also yeah. right now, if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can boost the hell out of us.
1: That's right. You can boost, boost, boost. And remember the value of those sats, and it's a lot less than you think. Yes, yes. It is. And I don't I don't even have to check today's numbers on how much a Bitcoin is worth to tell you that whatever you think the sats are worth, they're actually worth less. Bitcoin's
0: going back up right now. Cardano going back up. And for some reason, the sheep coin still hasn't crashed. I don't know why, but we're following that. If you want to take part in the whole value for value thing and you're not boosting and sending us like 50,000 sats, you can go over to unrelenting.show and you can find the link to locals or the donation yeah. button, which will take you to PayPal. And I believe I've got the P.O. box address there to it. Or if not, then bother me and I'll, I'll give it to you
1: but we yeah, appreciate I mean, bottom it. line is there. We got plenty of ways that we can help you shift your money from you to us. Uh, but certainly the one that is the, not just easiest, but the easiest to provide you with some rewards for doing so is the local site. So the way I look at it is if you want, if you want to be a sort of an anonymous donor, then you can do check mailing. You can do, Bitcoin. Uh, oh, yeah, you can do a, uh, A variety of things coming into the P.O. box or uh, even even PayPal. But if you want to get a little more acknowledgement for what you're doing, you'd like to get some bonus stuff for helping contribute from us. All of that will be available for people donating through locals.
0: Yeah. And it's more about building the community at locals because it is a very fixed thing. I mean, we've had people come in like uh, Cal from Lavender Blossoms, who does great stuff. Came in with like one hundred sixty-one yeah. bucks on one of the last shows. Locals that would take them over a year to do that. So we're not trying to discourage that. We're just trying to have a place we can have a community where people can interact, and it also gives us the ability to provide the content there and do some things that we can't do otherwise. But the podcast is still going to be free. It's still going to be out there, and hopefully, it all works out in the end.
1: Yeah, and and if you can't contribute uh, or you just don't want to because you're an asshole. That's fine, too. You just keep listening for free. Wow. Uh, that w- we're not going to charge for the actual show ever. Uh, you can quote me on that. Uh, so it's really more a matter of if you want to contribute, uh, then you can either do it through the traditional means. If you want to then participate in the community and then also get get access to some bonus material, then do it through locals. But ultimately, totally up to you.
0: And it's the ability to do the bonus material. And it... it- I mean, as much as everybody wants to, you know, avoid the elephant in the room, if the funds are there, we can do a lot more. And this is what yeah. the one podcast I follow, Tell Him Steve Dave, which is the guy from the Impractical Jokers and a couple of the other guys. Once they launched this whole thing and they were on Patreon because this was before Locals was even around, but it doesn't really matter where you're doing it. All of a sudden, they were making tens of thousands a month and they launched a bunch of other shows and they're producing a bunch of other content which the other show they were normally doing still free, still going on. But this has spawned a whole new way for them to hire other people to do shows that they wanted to see done. And that's kind of the concept we're working on here. And we appreciate everybody that jumps in and helps out and at least tries to be a part of that community.
1: Yeah. And, and and I I think we're probably done talking about donation stuff for the time being, but even other than making tens of thousands of dollars, like you mentioned, uh, we just have some incremental ongoing costs between a hosting between soft new software that Darren just paid a bunch of money for. And, uh, that'll do help us do video. So they can see Your exactly. pretty
0: face and your Adidas the transcription
1: suit. software. Like, Hey, don't be talking about stuff that no one's seen yet. <laughs> uh, all these things, they're not. Hugely expensive, but they do add up, and right now they're all coming out of our personal paychecks. So
0: yes, doing podcast is never free when it comes down to it. There are always some costs. I just paid, and granted, I pay three years at a time for my web hosting because it's a little bit cheaper, but it's a big nut because it's for the next three years. And uh, you know, there are bills. You can't just put a podcast out there and everything's free and I mean If you're doing like, if you have like five people listening, that works. We have more than that, and we are very grateful
1: that we have right, more. Let's than that. move on. Yeah, we
0: killed that topic. Do I need a? Do we need a button that has like a nuclear war
1: explosion? Kill that topic. I well, I think we just got uh, a nice little sound effect from you that we can recycle. Thank you. What else? Uh, do you got? Okay, can I, I, I want i I'm to bitch about something. I know it's kind of weird having wow. me bitch about something. Yeah, I've never heard you complain about anything. What's the deal? With the new episode of South Park coming up on some new crazy streaming service that no one's ever heard of, like me. Okay, yeah. Where is you this? You need to subscribe to this stupid service just to watch one stupid episode of South Park. Okay, where I mean, is this?
0: Where is this? Because you now this is very weird, Gene, because I saw somebody mention the other day. If
1: you go to southpark.com, the first thing you see is like, check out the new post COVID episode of South Park. Right. Only on shit service and whatever that service is and uh like it used to be on comedy central it used to be streaming used to be on hulu on hulu yeah used to be on like hbo has every season of south park available but not this new whatever the hell it is so i don't know man i i'm kind of thinking like the guys clearly sold out a long time ago and didn't bother me a whole lot but changing the service halfway through the series after 20 years what the fuck
0: That is very weird, because I I saw somebody mention that episode, and I went to look for it, and I'm like, where? What the? So, yeah. It's
1: some new service that's clearly using that episode Mm -hmm. as a way to get people to buy it. To me, this is the same thing as that stupid Star Trek that sucked that nobody watched.
0: Right. Universal streaming, whatever that was. Yeah.
1: It's like, no, no, I'm not going to sign up for another crazy-ass streaming service to have one show, which I don't even know if it's going to be any good, and luckily it turned out to be crap. But it, it's great and then of course you have no i guarantee you there's the, a whole chorus of people as they're listening to this saying just get it off the torrent pirate, idiot yeah. why are you even talking about subscribing because i'm an adult
0: <laughs> wait no i'm gonna need a minute for a bottle sir you play video games all day and eat because
1: pizza. i'm an adult <laughs> that's why that's I why adulting. i don't pirate shit jeans adulting
0: okay? is way different than some other people's adulting
1: Clearly, yes. My adulting involves drinking expensive whiskey and not pirating software. I wouldn't.
0: Well, I would never point out eztv.wf. I would not point out that site then for people. I would hope not, because they can go after you. Right. So don't go there. Mm -hmm. That's my advice. Don't. And I'm
1: not going to point out some of my past employers either.
0: (laughs) yeah, this is a topic that was a big part of Grumpy Old Ben's on a bunch of different episodes, which is when you make things. Hard for the consumer that 's when they start turning to piracy
1: correct and Adobe was the the correct the proper example of that the thing that everyone bitched about was i can't afford a five hundred and eighty dollar software program every year I just use it a couple times a year guys so yes. if you make it easy i wouldn't be pirating it and and you know what that was correct they it. as soon as Adobe introduced a monthly plan their piracy i, I wouldn't say disappeared but it Almost disappeared overnight, and, and all that, of a sudden they were making money hand over fist. Yeah, that five hundred eighty
0: bucks was like that twenty years ago. That was a lot more yeah. money then,
1: too. Oh, that that's like uh, probably equivalent to five thousand in today's money. Close, yeah. Mm-hmm. At one point, I think
0: the actual Photoshop sticker price was twelve hundred bucks. So this concept that you could pay fifty yeah. bucks a month, and then they. They did lower it, I think, to like 20 or 25 yeah, if you Photoshop, just wanted Photoshop.
1: If, if for a photographer, I think it was 29 bucks a month. For the full suite, it was 50 bucks a month or 59. Which isn't bad is. if you're using it for work. It really isn't. A and I, I paid them easily a decade's worth of that time. And I've just kind of, you know, I kind of took uh, John C. Dwork's advice and uh, just converted to GIMP. So I don't even use Photoshop anymore. <laughs> I mean, really?
0: I mean, I've tried GIMP. You don't even need a mouse. GIMP is great. Who needs we're not even sure if people are ever going to want to use a mouse.
1: No one's going to use a mouse Poor Dvorak.
0: But yeah, I I did. That's weird. I looked for that same episode and I'd wondered why, because there were a few things that I had watched on Hulu and it was one of the I mean, it's not horrible. I mean, if you pay for all of these streaming services, obviously it builds up in your bills like you may as well have cable TV, but we don't have a cable TV package. And Hulu was one of the things that I did pay for the 13 bucks a month or whatever it was. And then anything that was on CBS, because they were the lone standouts, then, you know, you had to find those elsewhere on the Internet. But it was way easier for the few shows I wanted to watch. It's like, what's 12 bucks a month? It's nothing. And that was one of the shows that I used to follow was South Park because well. It was always funny. And it was a quick 20 something minutes. If right before bed, you want to watch something. It was there. And then it wasn't. And It was like, whoa now I understand why.
1: By the way, did you, did you see, I know you don't actually read my posts on no agenda social. You're
0: on no agenda social,
1: <sighs> but I, I'm there. I had reposted a link to a video from the tonight show with Johnny Carson in 1978, where the jokes Johnny Carson was making about the high prices on gasoline and the lack of toilet paper in stores. Well, there was that in the, Who was uh, Carter the president era. back
0: then. Carter.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. An old Democrat guy.
0: Yeah. And then Reagan mm-hmm. came in and saved us. Hallelujah.
1: Yeah. And then uh, bankrupted USSR.
0: Oh, yeah. That was a good thing. Right. I mean, I don't know from your standpoint. I think it was a very good thing.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean,
0: the politics is an interesting game. In this whole, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode just on the one world order concept. But that, I mean, forget mean the, our last episode, forget the nuclear clock. This is the thing you should be worried Uh-oh. about.
1: I just noticed somebody named Q X just started following me oh. <laughs> <laughs> as we're recording this. Uh-oh. yeah, And we're not streaming
0: this so that um, if somebody's hmm. listening in on the, uh, this call. Uh, yeah.
1: Clearly listening live. Okay. All right.
0: That's a little weird, Gene. I'm glad they don't know where I am. Uh, Chicago. <laughs> far enough outside of chicago that the blast south, won't get west me side blast won't get me man i just go yeah. south i can be in indiana in a,
1: in a heartbeat oh wouldn't be thinking about crossing borders now would we yes it's i know it's horrible i don't know that you're allowed to cross the illinois border with
0: going anywhere else you do have to get an anal cavity search though if you want to mm. go between illinois and
1: indiana well that, that that's for you know their pleasure right. but what do you get out That's of it a safety check
0: right i don't know it's easier than getting a colonoscopy
1: or that, or are you talking about the new covid anal tests they may oh that wasn't that new but
0: uh in science gene it's all science why do we Sa- question? don't be a science? denier
1: don't be a denier
0: yeah i mean i'm not i'm not a denier yeah i believe well, with, that with the virus that, is real i know people who've got it but i, I do you believe think you do a lot of things are <laughs> you're, you're like the well, one guy in the uh, troll room that was very, very sure that no viruses exist in the world at all.
1: I'm pretty sure that I'm not the guy in the troll I'm room because I don't have access to the troll room. No, I said I'm there was a guy.
0: I know you were permabanned because you were bad. Allegedly. And, and I, I believe I should stand behind that. And I will. Mm hmm. I will. But yeah, I'm with you on South Park, man. They yeah. killed Kenny. Those bastards. They did kill Kenny. And with that, I think we're going to wrap up. We are going to wrap this show up. We will be back next week, though, for a whole new round of topics. And if you have any good ones, reach out. I guess we should have addresses at this unrelenting.show. We haven't set them up yet, but I will.
1: Gene at sirgene.com.
0: Okay. Or Darren at unrelenting.show or gene at unrelenting.show. Those will be up by the
1: time you hear this. You know, every time you say something like that before doing it, there's somebody that will inevitably complain immediately. We're and not say, streaming Just, live. Just tried it, didn't work. <laughs> if you're that guy, screw you.